Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man! And just like that, the Watching Comics Podcast is back where we bring you the most trusted takes and opinions on the intersection of comic book entertainment hitting your screens both big and small because it's the 21st century and watching comic books is literally a thing. It's an exciting time to be alive. My name is Mitch. My co-host is Jake. We're just a couple of Midwestern geek dads ready to riff on our favorite stuff. But before we get in too deep, I would be remiss if I didn't check in with my good old buddy, Jake. Mitch. How you doing, pal? You are never remiss. You are you are such a gracious <laughs> co-host, and you constantly it's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. You are never remiss. That's that's quotable. Got to find a way to work that into something. I um, shall I shall put that on Twitter. And so maybe that should be my new Twitter bio. There you go. I am never I, remiss. I am never remiss. <laughs> my, my co-host Jake. Um, no, I'm doing well. Doing pretty well. It's been uh, it's been a good weekend. Um. Not a ton to report. How's uh, how's our how's our little league team? Yeah, our little league team is looking strong, looking yeah. strong. So at the day, the time of recording, I am just freshly removed from our third practice. T-ball, nice. T-ball. If you haven't been following along with our latest episodes, everybody, the Watching Comics Podcast has sponsored a local little league T-ball team in our small Nebraska community because, well, my daughter is playing. And I got roped into coaching and they said they needed a sponsor. And we love community here at the watching comics podcast. So we, we uh, do, we do. And that's not even, you know, it's funny. We both kind of chuckled at that, but that's not even a joke. We do love our community. We do love our community. We do. And we got our jerseys in today, which is really <laughs> exciting. Yeah. I have seen it with my own two eyes. He held it up for me <laughs> on camera people and it is glorious. It is fantastic. It is our fantastic. logo right there. <laughs> On the back of the jersey above the number. I've never seen. I, I I don't have words for what I witnessed. It's incredible. I'll post it on Twitter later this week. Everyone can see my daughter's number 10 watching comics jersey. <laughs> it's so good. God. But our team's looking strong. You know, the first two weeks I had to coach 12, five to seven year olds by myself because my coach, my co-coach was out. Good news is my co-coach was back this week and we got stuff done. I was going to say, you look way less uh, frazzled tonight. I know, right? I kept our recording time because I'm rested. We're good. You know, the kids know how to run the bases in the correct direction. Most of them are really good at fielding grounders. And we're a couple weeks deep with all of them getting used to actually swinging the bat on the tee. We're doing good. Our first game is at the beginning of next month. So we'll find out what we're made of. But our, our team's looking strong, Jake. That's incredible, man. That's awesome. Hey, funny story, just in case this ends up being like the one in every 20 episodes I let him listen to part of. Guess who decided he wishes he'd played T-ball? Oh! Yeah. So maybe maybe we're sponsoring a team again next year. Next year. If my if my daughter wants to do it again, I, I can guarantee you she's she's going to want me to sponsor the team again. because yeah. she, she thinks it's the coolest right now because she's five. She'll change right. her mind when she's 13 and be like, wow, dad, that was lame. But right now she thinks it's the coolest thing that she gets to be on dad's podcast team. Beautiful, so. man. Well, that's yeah. so there's I mean, everybody, you're up to date on the goings on in our local community. You're, I know. Uh, I wish I wish I could like share this experience with people more. But like one, I'm not going to post pictures of the kids on the Internet yep, because yep. that's a bad idea. And <laughs> two, we're, we're a small community. We don't exactly like stream our T-ball games or anything. So you all just have to I'm going to post a picture of the jerseys and you all can just root, you know, for posterity online alongside us. Uh, you know, that's funny. I, I have that thought a lot whenever we talk about our town. I always want to like elaborate on everything but then i'm like man it's just it's a small town and i didn't go like it's so easy for anyone to put together anything and figure out who is what and what is whom and it's not like i was going to say anything inappropriate but it's just nobody's business and exactly. i don't want to be that guy so and i guess i've never elaborated on that on here like to the listeners we're not trying to keep secrets about our hometown here we just <laughs> anyone who lives in a in a smaller community understands that like just we're just trying to be courteous to our neighbors yeah, is all exactly and people know your business whether you like it or not 
That's true. So there's no need to put more of it out there. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, <laughs> we have the Watching Comics Little League T-Ball team. We're looking strong. Opening day is on June 1st. There it is. Oh, man. Mark your calendars, people. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we man, play- can you imagine if it did stream and we could get like everybody who listens to this to watch it? It'd be, it would really mess up some people's history. On like, <laughs> Dude, I thought you were recording a podcast. No, I'm watching my favorite podcast, Little League B- Baseball game. <laughs> um, anyway, we, pl- we play like eight games in June. Holy crap, man. Yeah, five to seven-year-olds playing eight games in one month. We're like mad sprint, huh. man. Yeah, mad double sprint. headers in there, right? Like you guys are- We play two games a week for a month. Wow. It's wild. It's Man, wild. That, huh. Anyway, so yeah. Um, I don't shout out shout out to all y'all listeners. Thank you for for jumping on board with this. I don't know of very many under in other indie podcasts that are supporting a little league baseball team. <laughs> I've yet so, to hear of it. Anyway, get on our level, people. Get on our level, people. So there's that. <laughs> our team, our team's doing great. Team's doing great. 12, nice. 12 really cool kids that just are having the time of their lives, and two coaches that almost know what they're doing. <laughs> um, so there's that. And of course, if you are a first-time listener, welcome to the Watching Comics Podcast. We love having you here. We hope you come back and join us. And if you are a returning listener, you're a member of the family. We love you. Of course, as always, to continue the conversation, hit us up on Twitter at Watch Comics Pod. That's comics with an X at Watch Comics Pod. We are almost, almost to 1,000 followers. And probably in the next week, we will be uh, announcing a giveaway to celebrate hitting that threshold. So y'all want to follow along with that. You can maybe win some cool stuff. And, 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 and. I know we've been promising this for like a month merch is so close y'all i actually saw that tonight too yeah i showed i showed jake our merch it's gonna be a thing it's not just an empty promise we've been really busy the last couple months but it's it's near the finish line y'all we got some goods for you and i pledge right here and now to be that guy and to shop only on our own store for (laughs) gift ideas for friends and family for the next several months i was also that guy that when blockbuster closed down I, I kid you not. I was like, oh, hey, everybody's getting movies for Christmas this year. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I think that's a great idea. That's called efficiency, Jake. Right? Um, yeah. Um, also, I really uh, like your idea of, I know you haven't pitched this to your partner or your kids yet, but I really liked your idea of just your your family Christmas card is going to be y'all wearing WCP gear head to toe head to, yeah so um yeah so i guess if you haven't shared the news with your partner yet and she's listening to this surprise we've planned your christmas card there we go and yeah. honey it's happening get ready <laughs> love this i'm man i am not responsible for anything that happens in your marriage i am just did you washing hear her eye roll in the I, future i could really hear yeah. it i could yeah breaking you, the boundaries of space and time here tonight <laughs> So funny. I would make a joke about my partner doing something similar, but she doesn't listen. Like that's the ultimate own <laughs> is she doesn't listen to the podcast because she's like, I know you guys are great. You're funny. And you know what you're talking about, but she's like, I think the movies that you guys talk about are dumb. So why am I going <laughs> to listen? And that's, you know, so Elise, what she does is she, she binges it. Like she'll let us get four or five episodes. Oh, so like at Thanksgiving, she'll, she'll get this kind of, <laughs> yes. Yeah. She, well, what she'll tend to do is like, once in a while she gets it because she works from home more than I do. Um, just, just how her field works. And so once in a while, she'll get that beautiful and rare day alone at the house <laughs> and she'll catch up on those days. Rock on. And uh, yeah. Well, see, we're recording this on May 24th. So I guess on the 4th of July, when she listens to this, Hey, yep. at least. Hey. And by that time they will all have shipped. So. <laughs> That's right. All the Jokes swag will be in. Cause I know she finished catching up earlier today so i know that she's got a few weeks to go <laughs> i love this okay cool i love that we've planned your christmas uh your christmas card i and, wonder and anyone who knows me knows that i was planning my christmas anyway and you were so. yeah, you were it's it's may you've been planning for a while already should Mitch, we i have a gift hidden in my closet for someone of course you do <laughs> keeping it on brand keeping it on brand okay wait what if we did okay listen to this listeners 
tweeted us if you think this is a good idea. What if we did a watching comics Christmas card? Ooh. Yeah. What if we did? I like that. I like that too. I like that too. We also need to finish unpacking our book club idea, which got a lot of traction on Twitter. Um, You know, I just remembered that the other day as well. I just, yeah. Okay. So I'm really just avoiding talking about what we're supposed to be. I was going to say, I was, I was actually going to wait for you to make that joke. Cause I was about to be like, we're stalling, aren't we? But I just, I'm going to make people mad and I don't want to, I, you know, I don't think you're going to, I, I think you're going to find that there are more people that see it your way than you think. Well, if that's the case, it'd be the first time ever. And that's cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm really, I'm, I'm ready to find my people. <laughs> I, no one has right. ever accused me of being the voice of the majority. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here we are tonight. We're here to discuss uh, the movie Labyrinth. And, uh, <laughs> God, can that be like? Can we so, get a? And so your 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 partner has just thrown her phone across the room, <laughs> right? Can we, can we get a veto option where once a year each of us gets to just mid-episode be like screw it i didn't like this we're talking about labyrinth <laughs> yes that's exactly what we're yeah, trying to follow up that stupid idea is just okay anyway well, we still haven't we still haven't done our white whale which is howard the freaking duck we're gonna get drunk and do howard the duck <laughs> one day one day okay so maybe we should do that for when we record in person I think that's the no, I really do think that Howard the Duck needs you know what we ought to do. We need to mystery science theater the thing and we need to put the microphones mm-hmm. in front of us while we watch it. It would be a perfect Netflix watch party, but it's not like streaming anywhere. So <laughs> nobody's rushing to lock down the rights so- to Howard the Duck. <laughs> There's a everything is getting snatched up in the streaming wars, but Howard the Duck, but Howard the Duck, Leah Thompson's still Magnum a free Opus. agent. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell, forget Back to the Future. This was her finest work. Let's go in the deep end, man. Tell tell me how much you love Baron Zemo. God, dude, why you gotta do this to me right out the gate? I'm not happy about you right now. Okay, so here, first of all, let's lay the groundwork. We're talking about the second half of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier MCU yeah. show on Disney Plus, and basically putting a bow on the whole season. So if you if you haven't caught up, a few weeks back we did our first half of the season, and you may want to listen to that first. Or if you haven't finished the show, we're definitely going to be talking about spoilers here. Yep. And if that's important to you, then maybe hop off and return another time. If you don't want to be spoiled on a show that the Marvel Twitter account spoiled the morning that the last episode she, launched. Dude, Dude, for the love. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm pissed about that, but I'm also pissed about the show too. I'm just pissed about a lot of things. Okay. There's a lot of anger to air tonight. You fired the first shot with the Baron Von Von Zemo junk. Okay. So let's, let's recap Jake for our lovely listeners previously on the watching comics podcast. We left the first half of the season saying, why is he here? That was our big unanswerable question, right? Here's the thing, it, what I can't figure out, because I'm going to try and answer that question. You're, you're dude, so I'm going to fail because they didn't answer it. They didn't answer it. But that's it. just it. It, it. Marvel has earned so much trust, right? It, it, since since Feige took the reins after, after some they, mess. Did they write and film the show while Feige was on vacation? See, that's what I'm trying to figure out because there's there's all these rules about how they learned their lesson and Ultron was kind of a wake up call and a few other things went oh, yeah, on that with... you mean Joss Whedon shouldn't be employed. Yes. <laughs> right. And like Disney brass meddled too much. And they, they finally gave the reins to people who made some rules about, we're not going to put subplots in just to move characters from point A to point B for a movie that's happening in three years. But isn't that exactly what it feels like happened with Zemo? Like, did we really write him into this thing just to put him in Wakanda? We, that, and I think the whole show is just a point A to point B. You, it really, yes. How about you, you, you say the thing that you have eloquently captured in our text threads the last couple of weeks about the show. I, I hope that I can, cause I, I, 
I'm I'm going to toot my own horn and say it was eloquent. I, I surprised myself when I reread it. I was like, ooh, I think I, I wish think it, I sounded like that on air. Well, um, I, think, <laughs> I think I think it captures exactly the sentiment of both what we liked and didn't like about the show without throwing under the bus any of the important social commentary that the show attempted to have. And and that's exactly it is. So to me, when the show was over, and I'm I'm I wonder how it's going to sound on a re-listen if it sounds like you and I agree or disagree about the show. So I'm going to state my official position is I think you and I are about 80 to 90% in agreement about the show. Mm. I think I enjoyed it a little more than you, but I haven't heard you say anything I disagree with. Right. Does that like, like, and I think it's one of those things where we end up sitting here and we're like, we saw the exact same thing. We felt the exact same way, except I think I, one of us was just more eh, whatever about it than the other. Um, And I, but the thing Mm. is, the show has its moments that I enjoy. There's even some moments that I really enjoyed, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, we spent six hours and a Disney plus subscription just to bring us all the way back to exactly where we began. (laughs) We spent this six episodes to give Sam the shield when he already already had. had. (laughs) And, and there's some, and, and the thing is, if the show were going to, and this is going to be my thesis. Here's the thing. This probably isn't going to be a super long episode for me because I think the show is fun enough, but not really that great, but it had some good moments that I enjoyed. And at the end of the day, I think all of that comes down to it did one crucial thing wrong, and that's that it tried to do too many things. Mm-hmm. And I think that it bit off more than it could chew. It tried to be poignant social commentary a la Watchmen. It tried to be fun, you know, super romp. It tried to be quippy buddy comedy. It tried to be, you know, moral gray area exploration of characters that we thought we knew. It tried to be 5 billion different things. And to quote the prophet Ron Swanson, uh, you know, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. And it didn't. It, it, it just went in on so many things that none of it really worked out. Now, I, now it can't be the episode my son listens to. Way to go, Jake. But so there it is. Um, well, I don't know. I, 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 maybe we had ruined it when we said we were going to get drunk and watch Howard the Duck. Oh, good call. Yeah, there we go. He doesn't need to know about Howard the Duck. He's too young. No. Um, but <laughs> or us getting drunk. I mean, that's fine, too. Yeah, there it is. I'm not a terrible father, everyone. He can't watch Howard the Duck. <laughs> I don't know if adults should watch Howard the Duck, to be honest. Um, nope, nope. <laughs> okay, so Jake, I completely agree. All right, with, with that whole sentiment, which is like, I don't want to say, I think my frustration here is exactly the concept of it is overpacked. Like, it's funny oh. to say, like, we had a show where they gave Sam, the, Sam had the shield, and then they gave him the shield, right? Right. <laughs> but but the, the real, the real issue is um, they overstuffed this hot pocket and it burst in the microwave. And, and it um, burnt the roofs of our mouths. Oh, yeah, it really did. Um, but every the, show but the, tasted like rubber for a week. But the bites that were good, you were like, okay, this was a bad decision, but it was a good decision. <laughs> I hate Hot Pockets. <laughs> okay, how about pizza Weird rolls? Ran- was that a bad, random was that a- fact from Jake? Yeah, pizza, pizza rolls I dig. There we okay, go. Okay, because pizza rolls are just mini Hot Pockets. I guess, but the Hot Pockets got the weird crust. <laughs> you you must be eating lean pockets. Hot Pockets are just like chill. I, I'm going to be real. I haven't had a Hot Pocket since I was 17, so I don't know what they taste like anymore. But back in the day, I distinctly remember a Pop-Tart full of meat. (laughs) Pop-Tarts and Hot Pockets are in the same family. It's a Pop-Tart from Satriali's Butcher Shop. (laughs) Okay, so the, the, the problem here is um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier suffers from having too much going on and no clarity, right? Which is, yeah. Th- it, it, can we just go down this pathway right now? I, I wanted to play this game of where we just suppose, how could we have fixed this show? Yeah, can we, do this. You were talking about this. Can we be arrogant enough to just assume that we could fix a show that we had nothing to do with? That's what I'm here for. Yeah, perfect. That's why we have a podcast. Well, subscribe to the Watching Comics podcast, please. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the deal, right? To me, the two strongest components of the show that it could have had to stand on if if they didn't try to rush everything and building it around a whole bunch of other junk that was getting in the way, which is um, the exploration of um, 
of Anthony Mackie's character, right? Mm. Of, of, of watching Sam struggle with his identity in America, not just with his role, but his identity in America and what it means for his people, right? For being a black man in America. And then the other thing is with the refugee issue with, um, with uh, Carly's character, right? And, and, the, and the flag, uh, I'm going to blank it, flag smashers, flag There stomp. it is. Yep. Nope. The flag smashers. The you flag smashers, right? Those, those were clearly the two strongest storylines they had in the show. And if they would have just stuck to those two things, then this, we would be, I would have a completely different tune here because here, here's the problem, right? Carly's character, especially. And I said that I really wish that I was changing my tune from our first episode, but they didn't give me an opportunity to have anything different in the show, right? Carly's character and the storyline of what she was doing for the refugee crisis there had potential to be one of the most poignant and socially astute opportunities for the MCU to say, we are making a real statement and attempting people to think about something critically here. This could have been like Black Panther level of social commentary here, as far as sympathizing with these people and for giving them a voice and for them allowing to actually live in the gray area of being like, what is it like to be the quote unquote villain, but to also be in the right? And the problem is, is they just gave her a paint by number stereotype archetype and basically just said you know what you've got all this interesting humanization to your character but we're just going to pigeonhole you into explosions and so that people have a reason to hate you and that's really frustrating and I feel like even with Sam's eloquent speech at the very end where he's trying to tell people like no this is the real truth here's what's going on in America today like I feel like so much of it was wasted because we didn't get a chance to really dive into this character and to dive into the mission of what they were doing. And then the best thing the show had to offer was the Sam and Isaiah exploration here. And they, and they shoehorned it in quickly with just a few minutes here and there. And I'm like, y'all, this was the season. So here's what I'm thinking. What if they treated Zemo as a Hannibal Lecter type of character? If Zemo even needs to be in the show at all, like I'm not even trying to like reevaluate, like I would like to just kick Zemo out of the show, but I'm realistic here, right? What if Zemo was a Hannibal Lecter type character and they gave him one episode, maybe an appearance in a second episode where they get this knowledge that they clearly needed about the super tro- trooper serum, right? Super soldier serum. And they go and he does this cat and mouse game Hannibal Lecter thing while he's in prison and they don't bust him out. And if he's got to get to Wakanda, then we can do a cutaway after credit scene of the Wakandan soldiers stealing him from prison. Boom. There. Done. Solve that. Yep. Right. So if Zemo's not an issue anymore, then we've got all of that runway taken care of. The other thing is, you know, who else was given absolutely no runway to do anything and was virtually needless in this show for what they wrote for her. Sharon Emily Carter, Sharon Carter, Emily Van Camp, get rid of that. And now all of a sudden we've got a massive amount of runway you, to you've freed up two full episodes worth of time. And I'm not full, exaggerating that. Like that's literally Jake. That's a third of the show. Yeah. The entire middle portion of the show is now open to dedicate to these better topics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so then we don't even, so first of all, we don't even need to get rid of the Zemo thing. If you have to have him in the show. You can still end. You can still have him end up in Wakanda too. Second of all, um, we've we've given these characters a lot more time without changing the structure of the show. Same number of episodes, same time commitment, same everything. Um, and then the other things that I would really like to change that we can't realistically is holy cow was Wyatt Russell miscast. We can talk about that <laughs> later. And. Um, I really would have liked to have seen a little bit more than just a three minute flashback of Bucky's lone good acting moment. I said in the first episode, I wanted to get some real estate of Bucky actually doing some things. And they opened up was episode five. They opened, they opened up with Bucky dealing with some of his night terrors and his guilt. That was the one. And he's like really making some acting choices there and you can really feel it. And then it's over in three minutes with just this really quick psychoanalyst session. And I'm like, oh, that was easily the most interesting thing we had with the Winter Soldier in a show called The Winter Soldier. And (laughs) so, okay, I talked for a really long time. Jake, can you make sense of any of this? I, I think what you're pitching is a much 
better show because <laughs> I here's the other thing that it's, I think it's, well, is better or not. It's a more focused show. What well, they did with this is this is was the shock, important word. This was the shotgun approach. The pellets went everywhere. Yeah, and it's and like they, we they all got it in the face. We all got it in the face. Does that I'm, make sense? No, no I'm a hundred percent with you because I think here's here's how I'm envisioning it is you have like every major beat that involved Carly Morgenthau, it didn't, it just felt unearned, right? And when, when because her- Because they kept is, making her, I'm sorry to cut you off. They kept making no. her do things that didn't seem genuine to her character. Yeah. Well, she, it, she seemed to me to be more of a eloquent leader than she was a, I don't even want to use the T word than than to yeah. use a a a war zone strategist. Yeah, I I mean, the, there were flashes in there where you could see that someone in the writers' room knew they needed to earn it, because she would say things that, as cliche as the lines are, they work. Where she'd be like, "Hey, violence is all that they understand," and this and that. And there's there's. <sighs> We needed more with her, though. We needed a deeper exploration of her and her friends. When her when her friend gets killed, uh, it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, when when what's his name Walker, the U.S. agent's friend, gets killed, it by one of her people. It just doesn't matter. None of it matters. It didn't sting the way it was supposed and, to sting. And when when Sam flies in at the end and tries to reason with her what what if she had said yeah okay let's talk right what if instead what if we'd had that at a different point in the show what if there had been more moments for the two of them to sit down and talk and what Mm -hmm. if there had been more moments in the show for for them to discuss this and hash it out and if we had had like her decision to stick with violence should be tragic. That's the thing. I was just sitting here thinking, Jake, like I know that this is a Falcon and winter soldier and people expect their Avengers level um, fight sequences. But I think if she's going to be the focus of the show and be like, I, if she's going to be the second most focused on component of the show beyond Sam, right. Then I think what should have been done is it should have been a gradual lead up to at the very end of the the very last episode should have been this big violent thing that Sam tries to stop. Yeah. And she has to make the choice of whether she's going to go through with it and cross that line or not do it. And if we would have had five episodes to build up to that of like, like they're doing this, we've got to stop it. We've got to stop it before it happens. And we see her slowly deal with the tension of like, am I this way or am I not? And then the big climactic moment in the last episode is, is the violence going to happen or not? That is much more captivating and much more true to her character. Do you know, do you know what is the, my fate? This is such a weird thing to say. My favorite kind of tragedy the the stories that just break my heart in the right way (laughs) it's the failed redemption story Mm -hmm. like what Mm -hmm. if what if we had five episodes to watch carly try and in some ways even succeed at leaving behind this violent approach and what if we started to see who she could be Mm -hmm. if she could work with sam and learn, hey, you know what? You're not wrong, but this solution is only going to create the next problem. Exactly. And what And what if the story, like, what if that had been the tension? What if the tension had been Sam saying, I'm not even saying your approach is wrong. What I'm saying is it's not a solution that lasts. It's just setting up, like, today's oppressed are tomorrow's oppressors unless we stop a cycle, Carly. And what if we had that moment and she starts to buy into it and then whatever happens, happens that earns it. And episode six, she turns And then Wyatt and- Russell ruins it because he ruined the show too. Yeah. Yeah. And then, why? yes. And then what if she, what if she turns around in episode six and says- Sam, I, I got to do what I got to do. And we watch her fail to be redeemed, mm-hmm. embrace the violence yes. of it. And that's Preach. tragic. And it, it, and then turn, the ending can stay exactly the same. Yeah. And that's just, and in turn, that tragedy feeds the triumph of Sam accepting the shield mm-hmm. and of Sam going in there and saying, 
everything I said to her is true. And now I'm going to go put into practice what I just preached. Mitch, I think we just wrote a great six episode show. I think that, uh, you know, we switch around just enough things to not get sued by Disney. And then we switch a couple more things because it's still Disney and they're going to find a way. I think we've got a show on our hands. And you know what? I think we could find a way to do the one thing that Disney couldn't do, which is take Anthony Mackie, who's one of the most talented individuals in the MCU and actually give him stuff to do. Can we talk about how that man has chemistry with everything that he looks at? Like he's so good. And the Jake, way he you, elevated so many things. So much bad dialogue. And holy crap. That scene with he and Isaiah was like, oh. okay, if we're if we're talking in a vacuum, okay, just in a vacuum, individual moments from our favorite MCU things, right? That scene of him going back to Isaiah's house, I think it was episode four, maybe five. Uh, five, I think. Episode five, him going back to Isaiah's house and him sitting at Isaiah's feet and hearing the the visceral truth there and really coming to grips with his identity in America, right? Like that is mm. top seven favorite individual MCU moments for me. That oh, is yeah. what, that is what a well-crafted moment with something to say with incredibly talented individuals and these fantastical characters that we love. That is some of the best of what that can look like. It is a crime, Jake, that that was just kind of used as a convenient thing to tie up these threads that we didn't deal with at all in the four episodes prior at all like none of that stuff was hardly yeah. igno- like that was the point where anthony mackie was finally starting to give some get some agency to actually do some things and i'm sitting here thinking like i've already watched four and a half hours of this show where he could have been gosh i just this could have been a focal point but be, but we had to have zemo and the girl from the resident in the show i mean and that's just it is it and and how poorly hidden like it was when when at the end Sharon ends up being the power broker I I could just hear everyone who's ever watched an MCU anything collectively go everybody knows nobody cares like what is the <laughs> like <laughs> duh well, the other thing obviously. is this, you want to talk about another disservice like this isn't a, an indictment on her Emily Van Camp is a talented actress. And she's pretty good. Like if you watch her work, especially in her early stuff, like in uh, Brothers and Sisters, and even in and even in the first season of Revenge, like she's got chops. She can do it. And you, anybody that watched the show watched her flounder because what was she given to work with? So they shoehorned her in, a character that we didn't necessarily need for this story. And then they wrote her poorly. Like, I don't, I don't even know, Jake. And I see, and to be fair, I see what they think they were doing there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I see what they thought they were doing, putting her and Zemo in the show. And I see what theme they thought they were addressing. And I just don't feel it was earned. Mm-mm. And again, like just because there's a connective thread of theme between two things does not mean that they fit together in the same story. And it doesn't mean that they both need to be there. And, and I've said this before, like you got to uh, writing is so tricky. I mean, obviously there's a reason I'm not in the writer's room and I'm not trying to criticize like uh, good on them. They made a good show that was entertaining, but at the same time, yeah, I, I've been really hard on it. It is, it is an entertaining watch. 100%. Well, you know, and, but, but all that to say, like, and it gave us Julia Louis Dreyfus in the MCU. <laughs> the we'll come you, back to that. Keep you going. gotta, you've gotta put, you gotta think economically and you've got to think that those scenes, the more things you put in, the less valuable they are. Mm-hmm. And you have to use an economy with your with your characters and your themes. And if you're going to put something in there that you can't 110% justify to me its existence there and how it is earned and how it belongs, which is Sharon Carter and Zemo. They both kind of work. They meet the theme, but at the same time, they don't totally belong in this story. And it just doesn't work. And, and I couldn't agree more. And I'm wondering, Jake, I'm wondering if it's just, you need to pick a pathway, right? Which is kind of what I you think talked that's it. with your Ron Swanson comment, which is the, the statement like, if they wanted to go full-blown buddy cop comedy action type approach, I think making the Zemo and the Sharon Carter piece a focal point and removing the Carly and refugee situation 
then it potentially works because then you're at least yes. consistent in tone and you're not overly convoluted. Or you do what we've talked about, which is if they were interested in exploring the more serious stuff, then remove Zemo and Sharon. And then you have a more focused concept on this is what it means to be a prestige cerebral type of thriller here. Um, but I'm going to make a similar comment we made when we talked about WandaVision. Now, I clearly liked WandaVision better than this, but we still had our complaints about WandaVision, which is maybe the thing that's most annoying is the only reason we're talking about these things, Jake, is because the show introduced them to us. Like, don't, don't go. Nobody forced you to do that. No, if you wanted to do Zemo and Sharon and just do a buddy cop thing, then do it. Don't, don't introduce this serious social commentary and claim that you're going to have something to say and then not have something to say. That's why I'm upset. Like I'm it's an unforced error. It, it it's is. Just... And it's the same thing with the WandaVision piece, right? Like you can't introduce the grief component without having the consequences, right? Like you can't like, I, I don't know, like they didn't, if you're going to do, if you're going to do the Carly story, and you're going to do the Anthony Mackie, str- Sam struggles finding an identity with defending a country that doesn't necessarily want to treat him like a human, right? Like, if you're going to go down that pathway, then do it. I mean, that's exactly it. And it, it, some of it feels like, I mean, with, with Sharon and Zemo, does it feel like they were just making sure they grabbed some elements from the last few Captain America movies to keep I, I that just, connective thread? Absolutely. I mean, they, they, they definitely want to keep something connected there. And clearly with the after credit scene with Sharon, right? Like there, there are things that are going to be happening in the future, which I'm cool with. But like, again, it comes down to consistency of tone. Yeah, I'm a, I'm with you on that. I think, and I think that's just it. Pick a lane, like pick a lane. It's not that one is right or wrong, you know. I mean, obviously, there's room for both in the increasingly diverse, stylistic world that is the MCU. But mm-hmm. pick one. Don't and don't I, try to give me a little bit of everything. And I don't think more episodes would be the answer here. Which is like, well, then no. just make more. Because I like, do we do we need do we need more than six episodes of of the Falcon and the winter soldier. I don't, I, I feel like the length was appropriate. They just didn't take advantage of what they had. Well, that's just, I mean, we're talking about it's too overstuffed, like, you know, making the pie bigger does not change the fact that you threw a lot of weird things in the pie. Yeah, exactly. And, I don't and, want, I don't yeah. want roast Turkey with my cherry pie. That's exactly right. Like let's, let's still like, just try to sort some things out, make two really good small pies guys. Yeah. Just, that's all I want. I'm I, out I, of pie analogy. That was it. But pie is better than cake. So let, that's, that's the stance on this podcast. Okay. Can we, but I, I do want to talk about a couple things we liked, but first I, Jake, I, I don't know. I haven't been seeing, seeing a lot of discussion about this. So I'm wondering if I'm just in the minority here. I wanted to get your take. Wyatt Russell is John Walker. I, Dude, I, I give me your thoughts. I, I feel like it was a miscast. I don't, I, I don't think I'd say, I mean, I don't know. I guess I haven't given it a lot of thought. I'm not sure that you're the only one who thinks that. I think you might be the only one who thought about it. Like it's a, because I, maybe, okay, here's the thing. Did anyone seriously think that was the new Captain America though? And I think that and I wasn't, and then that, and yeah, I don't think I did either. But, but that's the thing is, he they were going for it feels like they were going for all american dude let's get kurt and goldie's kid right and they're like all american dude believable new captain america so that we can throw the swerve at everyone that he's actually kind of an a-hole and like it just didn't I don't think anyone was buying it. So the whole thing was really contrived from the start in the way, not, not the character of John Walker, which is a, a classic comic character. And I, and, but just the, the whole way they tried to sell it, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This six episodes isn't about getting us Captain America, Sam, you know, Hey, we've already got our new Captain America. And like all the false outrage online with people like, that's not my Captain America. I'm like, everybody shut up. Have you read a comic in the last 40 years? Well, um, it's it's like if Tony Stark put on the Superman cape, like that's not Superman. Yeah, no crap. Like obviously (laughs) that's not Superman. And I don't necessarily have an issue with the character. I think what you're saying is is fair. And I haven't really interrogated it from the storytelling perspective. I'm thinking more of I think I need to start. Are you just not a Wyatt fan? 
I, well, not necessarily. I'm fine with Wyatt in the right role. Um, like if you see the movie, everybody wants some, he's great in that movie. Um, but I think I need to start a club, Jake. And it is the Aaron Eckhart. I can't play angry club. <laughs> it's so funny. If, if you, if you remember to our dark night episode, and we talked and we talked about how when Aaron Eckhart is a great actor, he's phenomenal. I love him and thank you for smoking. I love him in 90% of his stuff in the Dark Knight movie. He's great. I will see most of his stuff. But when you want him to be angry and you see him go two-faced or you see him in the movie Rabbit Hole or anything like that, the guy just barks like a dog and it's comical and it's not supposed <laughs> to be. Okay. Um, Wyatt Russell was so like. I could not believe his emotion when he started crossing over and to be angry. Like it was Jake. I, I almost chuckled. It was comical to a point when he tries to go full gritty, full emotion, full owning the leading man type of thing. And I, 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 I couldn't buy it. And that character, the way they wrote it for this show in order for it to stick its landing, you have to believe that he's charismatic, but you also have to believe that he is damaged and flawed and a jerk and, and has anger issues. And um, I'm sorry, the whole latter half of those things for that character that made it dynamic, I thought was funny. And that's not supposed to be funny. That's, that means he's been miscast. I think I think there's something to that. And I again, I think I just hadn't really examined it much. So I think um, can we talk about I, I saw this. I'm actually looking right now. I'm seeing like on IMDb while I'm looking up a couple of things while we talk. I see at the side it's got here. Um, this is from May 11th. When good guys get gory, Falcon director dissects the show's most controversial scene. I, I've seen this word controversial thrown around a lot. Is there for anything that controversial he, in that show? Well, yeah, for this scene where he he beats the guy to death with the shield, people have tried to call it like shocking and edgy and gory. And I'm like, uh, they did a cutaway and then showed blood on the shield. Like, that's not uh, it was kind of it was kind of ham fisted sort of think, uh, symbolism. That uh, do people forget what platform they're watching it on? Well, yeah, like it's, 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 the mouse like, is never going to let anything beyond PG thirteen on that screen. Absolutely. So I, I, I just I thought it was. I guess I feel like there was a lot of man. What is the word? I'm smoke for and there? mirrors. Yeah, smoke and mirrors. Kind of manufactured narrative around this thing. Where... Trying trying to get the media tail to, to be a little bit longer get as much yeah. traction out of this pot because it wasn't okay entertaining as it was and we could talk about how happy we are that sam's got the shield again um again. but again because uh, he he had it to begin with the first Captain shot america four will sam pick up the shield a third time or not the first shot of the show was sam holding the shield anyway that he'd already been given he already been given okay um so uh well i was gonna say the, the thing about WandaVision is because the characters were so in, in the conventional casual fan sense, those characters were so underknown and that show was so unique in scope and in creative approach to what it was trying to do that it was much more interesting to talk about to a greater degree. And it really owned the week to week narrative where like WandaVision was the thing that we did for a month and a half. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a great premiere and everyone talked about it. And then a whole bunch of manufactured stuff for people to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was more like, what? And, and I think that that's just like, I'm not saying that this is Age of Ultron bad, but it, it harkens back to a lot of the things that didn't work about Ultron. You know, the overstuffed story that is moving characters to places for the next project rather than focusing on the moment. Um, you know, a lot of weird, weird narratives around it mm -hmm. in the marketing and everything. Like, it just feels missed opportunity because Ultron's does. a fantastic character, man. And, and, and we're yeah. saying the same thing about this, with which is like, it wasn't like this show was struggling to find richness because, at least as far as this podcast is concerned, we thought that this show had everything it needed with um, Sam and Carly. Like, well, and that's just it. Yeah. 
that, that that's enough to not just keep me entertained and interested, but to make me really start digging in deeply into something that is wildly entertaining and potentially meaningful. And dare I say, paradigm shifting, which is yeah. clearly what Sam's character is after. I, I and I agree hundred percent. I'm, I will say I am. Okay. Can I, can I pivot us a little bit? We need, to, we need dangerous territory. Plane, yeah, potentially dangerous territory. And this is probably a good place to start a wrap up if, if we're ready to do that is how are you feeling about the announced Captain America 4, which looks like it has largely the same creative team? It's hard to tell because a movie. Yes, and that I agree. That's my thing. A, a, right? movie, a movie has potential and ought to be much more focused than a show that took the shotgun approach. Yeah. And so if and, and you know what, Jake, when when this show landed its earned moments now they were fewer and far between than they were in wandavision i'll give it that all right that but when this when this show landed its moments it was really good Mm -hmm. it was it was really really good um so i'm i'm cautiously optimistic about the movie Um, at the end at the end of the day it's a movie probably with a, a, a lot more infrastructure and more of a tighter focus and Anthony Mackie helming the shield doing his Captain America thing. I, I want to be optimistic about it a, a, until I hear otherwise. Yeah, I think I am. I think I'm right there with you. Um, I, it gives me pause. I'm not going to lie. You know, my, my initial reaction when I heard about it was to celebrate. And then when it was like with the entire, you know, with the creative team from the show, be like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm, that's me being honest about what my response was uh, when I explore it intellectually and not just go off of my, my gut reaction. I think that it's a lot. I think that it's a lot different to do a movie than a TV show. Mm-hmm. I think that Disney plus is unexplored space. And, you know, like we talked about with WandaVision, they're still working some kinks out in a lot of ways. It's about, um, it's a, te- it's a testing lab. That's just it. Yeah. They, they don't have this down to a science like they do with the theater right and now. The th- and the thing is, is um, if this is, if this is the worst they do on Disney plus, it's pretty damn good. Like, I, and that's a good call. This was still more entertaining than a lot of stuff I've seen this year. I get, sometimes we just kind of jokingly give things grades, but like, if I were to give this show a grade, it would probably be like a B minus. That's actually exactly what I would have given it. You know, and and, yeah. and a B and a B minus is still, is, gosh, I don't know. This is maybe this is an unfair thing to say. How many B minuses would Warner Brothers like to have? You know what I mean? Like that is a good <laughs> man. That's the most painfully accurate thing that you've said in a while on here. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go deeper into that, but like, um, anyway, I, all that to say is like the, if the worst, the MCU TV soiree is, is a, is a B is a B minus, then they're still leading the pack. And that's still good enough to get in the hall of fame. If we're playing baseball. I just really hope that they see and it looks like they do. This is not me trying to like wake up, call Kevin Feige, right? He seems to he seems to know what he's doing. Hey, Feige, um, answer my texts. Yeah, I, I I think Mr. Feige seems to have figured some things out. Um, I hope, as it appears they do, that Marvel sees what they have in Anthony Mackie. Oh my gosh! And, and frankly, one great thing to come out of this show, and I say this as someone who liked him prior to the show. I now believe 110% this is the man that they need to pin the next generation of Marvel films on the way that they did, the way that they did with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. in the first three phases. Well, especially Anthony since, Mackey's your man. Especially, and, and, and I don't mean this to be insensitive, but like, especially since Chadwick Boseman has passed. Like, Absolutely. No, but, you're but, right. Can, but do can you imagine if those two were, were anchoring the next wave? I, it's incredible. And I think, well, the thing is like, that just it is like with, with Chadwick Boseman, you had this completely different thing that, you know, T'Challa is always in a weird position with the Avengers because he's a member, but he's also got to be Wakanda first. You've got with Captain America, this character who is all about the Avengers and you've got that entire franchise can hinge on this character. And, and with, you know, 
I just think there's so much room for this is it. This is the marquee guy moving forward is Anthony Mackie. And I liked him before this, but watching these six episodes and the way that he elevated everything going on around him, I just looked at him like, there's your secret sauce for the next three uh, team up movies. You want to He, he did all the heavy lifting and did it with such finesse. The man, the man's and grace and he made he made the people around him look better and if they were already good holy crap did it make them look great and if they were not good it made them look good it made and them watchable oh my gosh the man is i, I seriously like I, i'm i am huge anthony mackie fan as a result of this show and i already again already liked him but like I'm now looking for what's he in next? What am I Absolutely. going to see? I'm I'm there for the next Anthony Mackie project. And if Anthony Mackie is new to you, you really should, and, and you're interested in exploring some more cinematic options, you really should explore his earlier work because he's he's worked with some incredible creatives and has been in like he uh, we, we we talked about it in our previous episode, but like he he was in Million Dollar Baby, The Hurt Locker, The Adjustment Bureau, um, like he's just been in so many really good things. Um, and, and I think going forward in the future, like I'm, I'm just amped and confident that I'm in good hands. If Anthony Mackie and Brie Larson are two of the anchors leading the charge, mm, yep. um, uh, f- both from character standpoints, because of um, Sam and Captain Marvel are just great characters, but also like Brie Larson's an Academy Award winner. You know, and Anthony Mackie, as we've proven, is just absolutely fantastic. Like if those two are getting a lot of reps and leading the way, we're in good hands. Agreed. Um, and yet, and Jake, you got your wish. You said you needed Sam in the suit. I, You know, that was really uh, once this show got going and I knew like, OK, this is not WandaVision and that is OK. Then it became all right. It just needs to end with Sam wielding the shield. And and it did. And there was never that much doubt about it but it, it's good to see them do the right thing there and you got the, the right man in charge yep yep so falcon and the winter soldier a solid b minus and with a clear runway to what could have been an a plus show is that is that fair for us to say as, as wannabe critics it's 100 percent fair i think that's you know and if it's not then there could be a watching watching comics podcast where others could uh criticize our criticism and that's okay that's the uh you know one day we become grass and the antelope eat us there's there's the (laughs) there's there's the multiverse right there (laughs) so there it is those are our final thoughts on falcon and the winter soldier thank you so much for listening folks next week next week we're gonna bring you another trailer reaction episode because trailers keep dropping yo but i'm really excited theater about is back there are things to watch again or at least there will be in a month or so huzzah yeah we'll be uh dishing on our initial thoughts on the teaser trailer of the eternals trailer that dropped so i'm really mm-hmm. excited about that but anyway thank you so much for joining us on this trip listeners we are the watching comics podcast you can find us on twitter we are at watch comics pod that's comics with an x at watch comics pod give us your takes your thoughts and opinions on falcon and the winter soldier how did it end up for you we know you've got takes twitter is the land of takes send them our way we love our corner of the internet and be on the lookout for our giveaway coming up soon and our merch being launched in the very near future exciting stuff coming along and if you're feeling generous and you dig this podcast, we would love it if you gave us a rating and review on whatever pod platform you listen to us on. It's a great way for other people to find us and a great way to pay it forward. And if you do so, we promise to give you a lifetime supply of free high fives. Who can say no to that deal? That's it this week for the Watching Comics Podcast. We will be coming at you later with some more awesome stuff. We'll talk to you then. 